0: Welcome back to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today we're going to be doing a double feature on Love, Simon and Tomb Raider. And we're going to start off with Love, Simon and then take a little break and talk about Tomb Raider for uh, a little bit. So uh, if you guys want to listen to one or the other, uh, there'll be a timestamp in the uh, description. So Josh, Love, Simon, um, which you name?
1: Uh, I thought it was solid, and I uh, I, I understand why um, some people might be feeling like, oh, it's just kind of like safe playing, plays it down the middle, and it's like the most like um, chased like love story you could possibly tell. And I feel like that criticism been levied some. And uh, for that, well, we didn't even start off by saying what it's about. I'm assuming people do know what it's about, but it's about a um, just a story about a guy named Simon that um, is in high school and is. Uh, closeted gay guy and he's like dealing with the pressures of what that means for him and whether or not he or just how he's going to exist in a daily life but also how he ultimately has to exist once his secret is no longer a secret and sure just kind of follows him and how he also connects with another uh closeted gay person at his school but really it's just kind of a virtual relationship and the movie just kind of goes from there and focuses a lot on how he interacts with his friends in the course of that and it's like i said it's pretty conventional but I think that's part of what everyone at the same time, while they're living that criticism, they're saying it's kind of the point is that this movie is a big deal because like we've had plenty of movies about um, gay people before. I'd say um, each of uh, your two favorite movies of the last year, two years, mm-hmm. like, Call Me By Your Name and Moonlight, they were gay, but they were, they were about gay people, but they were also, or er, actually Call Me By Your Name is not really about gay identity. We talked about that a little bit on the podcast. Yeah. And I feel like I've actually, I actually, did you listen to Pop Culture Trappy Hour by any chance talk about Love, Simon?
0: No, absolutely not. So
1: they talked about how, um love simon like it is about gay identity Where call me by your name is more about desire but that's not the only difference in that like this is the first studio movie to actually talk about this where it's like a big studio movie that's a main release as as opposed to like an upbeat indie thing that like some people are going to have trouble finding so it was a a gay movie like made for a large audience and like there are mediocre movies about straight people made all the time so i think (laughs) I, i think this is like above mediocre and i yeah. like enjoyed it but like i'm saying i'm just acknowledging that yes it, it's fairly routine but like i still enjoyed it at the same time
0: no i liked it a lot i don't i don't really see the the criticisms are to me shouldn't exist because even if it's like a safe conventional movie it just goes to what you're saying in that any kind of movie should be able to have a safe conventional movie it doesn't it just cuz it's a story like a gay love story doesn't mean it has to be like super exceptional every time because that's not how every love story that's ever made is. So, mm-hmm. we don't need a movie like that. But no, I thought that the movie actually had like a little bit of its own like flair and style that was above super conventional. I mean, the the plot is sort of the way it, the, you know, if you're just like detailing the plot from beginning to end, it's a little bit like that. But I think the characters themselves sort of give it a little more life than uh, traditional rom coms that we've seen in the last couple of years have done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, um, I think one of the things that I connected to most about this, and I think I, I talked about it, well, actually, while it's a completely different movie from Moonlight, I think I talked about on the Moonlight podcast just how – and this is this takes place way more in school, so I can almost like relate this more to it than I did on the Moonlight podcast. But I did not meet an openly gay person until after my freshman year of college, or at least one that was my own age. I'm from like a very – I don't know what your high school experience is like in that regard, but I came from a one of the most conservative areas in the country where – That probably still has some fairly backwards attitude towards gay people. I think uh, my high school probably does have openly gay people now, but it didn't at the time. So I'm like watching this movie where it's like, I don't know, in 2018 in like suburban Atlanta, if like this would be like that rare that like there would only be one openly gay person in the entire school. Sure. I still like I, I, and but I didn't really think about that until I was like listen until I heard heard them make that point on Pop Culture Happy Hour, and because I'm I was more relating it to my experiences, and I'm like wow, like I, he really is struggling with this. A lot of the, I think the strong points are the of the movie are Simon dealing with his struggle and just by himself even, even though I like the friends. I was like, wow! Like, if he's dealing, with, if, he's, if he is having these kind of stresses with parents who like are presumably like pretty good parents from everything we see, and they're very accepting when he comes out. But he, not that it's like the easiest process for him. If he's having that much trouble with it, how much trouble would kids in my school, in my part of the country, have had with it? And I think that made the movie like resonate with me before I even get to how I thought about the stories with the friends, which I thought were well done as well.
0: Sure, and then, and that's sort of the reason that these movies need to be made despite their it, it, despite people calling it conventional whatever it's just it, it, and it's sort of uh what do you call it self-fulfilling prophecy because the movie itself is like one person comes out it gives them strength for another person to come out and then it just sort of like lifts each other the people lift each other up and that's sort of like where the where we're at in the film um i actually thought the movie did a pretty good job of like not telling us or not like spoiling who necessarily like the virtual person that he's talking to is cuz i i was like convinced by basically all the people that they sort of suggested and i wasn't really sure who it was going to be until the end so i thought that they did a pretty good job with that aspect of I, the film
1: i was a little confused at first with how they did that i i ultimately kind of caught on and that he was just like
0: imagining
1: things yeah that he was imagining but like at first it wasn't that clear it's like is that the movie telling us that that's actually who it is and then yeah not until they they show the first guy like hooking up with that girl and i was like oh well it's not that guy so they were just like that was all in his head so like yeah. I, I for there was like a 10 minute stretch of the movie where i didn't know that it was actually in his head and i i didn't know sure. if we i didn't know if we were supposed to assume it was in his head or not and that was a little confusing i don't really not that that's a huge problem but like it kind of it confused me for a minute and then i thought it was pretty well done after that when it went the way it did uh yeah and like, sure. like you said they, they did they did handle that stuff uh well um but uh, yeah, so I don't know where – I mean I have a lot to say about like, just the stuff with the friends. and I think that's kind of the meat of the movie is just like mm-hmm. how his interactions um, and his decisions ultimately affect his friend group. Uh, how, how, how do you think – what do you think the movie got right about – not that you can exactly relate to this situation where like, either you were gay or you had a friend that was gay and then it messed up with your friend group. But how do you think it did depicting like, these high school students and how they would act in such situations and how that whole entire uh, series of events unfolded?
0: Uh, I thought it was pretty good actually. I thought that the the thing that they did really well was sort of, so, short, sort of show the normalcy of like his friends didn't care that he was gay. They were just mad because he sort of fucked up and I think that they did a good job of making him both sympathetic but also real in that like he doesn't always make the best decisions and that – sort of his friends being able to like see him as a person and like not just like okay you did this because you're gay just like dude you're our friend like you need to treat us like a friend would and not like a bargaining chip just because of whatever and so i thought they did a good job of like balancing his frustrations and sort of the reason behind him sort of acting like a dick versus how his friends interpreted it and so how they sort of resolved that through the uh, rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, I ultimately came down closer to where you did on it, but I, I had, it took me a while to get there as I was thinking about it after the movie because uh, he's put in a very un- uh, tough situation. Uh, and at first I was like, well, yeah, he it, the, the, the right smart thing to do in a situation is just to come out to his friends sooner than he sure. did. But he's blackmailed and— it's kind of a hard situation. So given that, like he, that, that should be his choice ultimately. And he's put in a really tough spot at first that, my reaction was, wow. Like, yes, it was unfortunate. Like that. He didn't uh, trust his friends as quickly as he probably should have. I, th- I thought for a second, the movies like was coming down too much, like on their side and just like calling him out when he was put in a tough situation. But then I thought about it and I was like, well, hi, like, cause like what really happened to their friends because of it, those two friends like started dating, like, two weeks later than they otherwise would have. And Catherine Langford, like went out on a date with one of them. And that was like, it was like, when you think of like the inequities or the inequities that happened there, it's like, yes, he caused them to go through that. But at the same time, like he was dealing with some like heavy shit. So I was like, are they like calling him out too much for this? But at the same time, high schoolers aren't going to react in like a hundred percent, like rational fashion. Sure. So that's where I, I ultimately was able to like rationalize it. Like, no, I think the movie did like strike this balance. Well, I just wasn't, i had to work through it in my head at first as to whether or not they did it well but it also does tie into my one thing i think is like my one biggest bone to pick with the movie was that i don't think it took seriously enough like what the martin kid did when he blackmailed him um yeah that's like uh, a really really fucked up thing and they end up just kind of like being like laughing it off and him being like a goofy guy at the end like he gets to come in and tell a joke at the end at the ferris wheel thing and then we just kind of laugh it off with him where it's like he Simon has one scene where he calls him out, and I don't think we totally get him like. Totally See, I thought that was bad a good scene. It. it was a good scene, but I still don't think we like got him feeling as bad about it as he should have. Or it was. Well, like, I think conv- the
0: reason the reason is because they they um they sort of did a time jump in the movie, and they didn't really show us um right. They didn't really show us like the aftermath as much as. We probably deserved because that was like when they were doing like the
1: winter break thing right yeah that that was like the one montage part of the whole thing
0: yeah and so that 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 was actually my biggest problem was because when he told his parents and then he has this like awkward riff with his parents for it's what well, it seems to be like two months or something
1: yeah I, and um, I would say that was the one other thing i didn't like to start to cut you off but like that was the one other thing i didn't know if it was handled totally well it's like the fallout from that decision that he makes to like Just kind of, like, come right out with it instead of trying to deny it and everything. I like that choice in and of itself. Like, I I didn't want to watch a version of this movie where he just tries to deny he's gay for, like, the next half of it. It's more interesting for him to just come out and say it. embrace it, But it's like the parents are cool with it, you know? They're not, like – they're they're not unaccepting of it. But then he, like, all of a sudden is, like, emailing Blue and telling him how badly it went, but it's, like – I get that you're going to feel weird about it, but it didn't seem like it went that badly, but then you're like telling us it went badly and it made sense that he would have like separated himself from his friends for a couple weeks after that, but like yeah. I thought it was like kind of it, it wasn't edited together in the best way is maybe what I would say. Sure.
0: And and what I was getting from that was that him and his parents just weren't really addressing it and they were sort of waiting for him to I guess come to them and like when he was ready to just like talk about things more. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, but also like, I don't know how parents would react. And I think that's, it's fair enough to be like, I don't, other parents might not know how to react either. But the, the thing is they didn't show it to us. They sort of skipped ahead a little bit and, and it's something you really have to infer from the minimal uh, action that you get from that, which is kind of frustrating.
1: And they wanted to have that. It seemed like part of it was also that they like wanted to have that minimal action or they wanted to, like, make it seem like it was somewhat difficult to almost, like, give – jennifer gardner and like her michael stuhlbark scene it was just yeah i thought the exact same thing i was
0: like this is the michael stuhlbark scene
1: i just it's not as good version of it and they kind of it was good it it, was good good. it was just like no shame in not being as good as the michael stuhlbark scene obviously that was our scene of the year last year or or one of our scenes of the year last year but it was just it seemed like they were like making it difficult because they wanted that big meaningful scene with the parents when i actually probably like appreciated the scene the first time he comes out to what's her face um the 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 first friend he comes uh, out uh, to um yeah I'm for, yeah yeah. So like that that was actually kind of interesting and like w- why he ultimately like came out to her instead of um uh Catherine Langford. I I haven't seen it in a few weeks later. Leah. I'm forgetting Leah. I'm forgetting the characters names. But uh but yeah, so like I don't know, like like I thought that that stuff could have been smoother at that point. I liked the scene no Jennifer Gardner, but it was like they wanted to like just create a little more conflict, which whatever, fine. It wasn't bad, but it was just like that could have been a little more well done even though like i'm saying we sounds like we both really like the movie a lot so
0: yeah well the interesting thing is they did like the uh i thought they did a good job with sort of like the family relationship though outside of the mishandling of the after he tells them and like what their relationship is like after because like it's very true that a lot of like white american dads are going to make like Gay jokes like that to their kid and want them to like talk about sports and be into all the same like manly stuff they're into and everything.
1: Yeah, he wasn't and like that, he wasn't like a homophobe. It was just like a. Yeah. it was just like a realistic depiction of like a dad that's just like maybe a little oblivious, but like sure, it's fairly like I said, it's yeah. fairly like not uncommon.
0: And then Josh Uml gets a really good scene where he is, like, really struggling and, like, apologizes and is trying to, like, connect with his kid and, like, be like, look, like, nothing's changed. Like, I love you, all that stuff. Um, like, I thought that was really good. Uh I was, like, very sad during that part of the, of the movie. <laughs> but um I don't know. Like, so we just – you and I just recorded a podcast on Ready Player One. And, like, to me, Nick Robinson just has so much more, like, charisma than Ty Sheridan. So I was able to, like – connect with his character a little bit more than if it was someone else like i thought he did a pretty good job of playing 17 and all of them really did
1: yeah i mean uh i don't know i i definitely like ty sheridan more than you i don't think nick robinson has been like bad at anything like i think ty sheridan was in x-men but like i i said on the ready player one podcast i like think ty sheridan's awesome in mud and uh really good in stanford prison experiment and i i I, it's it's weird to judge him from ready player one because like i don't know like i I, like half of it was an avatar it's like sure maybe i maybe i really hate that performance if it's like i'm having to stare at him the whole time maybe it comes off as badly as the x-men one does but uh i i i can't I don't know. I can't regardless
0: though, I guess like, how did you feel about Nick Robbins?
1: No, no, he was good. And, uh, I'm always going to have a soft spot in my heart for him because I like Kings of summer and he, 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 and he was in, he was in the, he was in the classic movie, the fifth wave. And, uh, so I'm always going to have to, we, we need to like really, the only way we're ever getting the sixth wave is if he becomes like a big star. So (laughs) we need, we need him or Chloe need to like become such big stars that they get the gang back together. (laughs) And that's, that's our, that's our only shot. Um, um, but like, so no. I, I I need good things to happen for him, and I thought he like is really good there. I thought it was really interesting. I read a story in the L.A. Times about him and how he was like reluctant to take the part in the first place, uh, not because like of like a homophobic thing where he's like afraid to like be seen kissing a guy, but it's like he's like shouldn't like a gay guy play this? Like shouldn't sure. this be like a yeah, role respect that hundred percent? And it's like, but it's like people can act like you don't. You should, like gay guys should be able to play straight guys, straight people should be able to play gay guys. But it's an understandable concern. The director Greg Berlanti though he he, he is gay. And he, like, really wanted Nick Robinson for it. So, like, he convinced him to do it. And some people, like, also, like, not, like, as, like, their main reason for hating it, but they, like, kind of say it as a criticism. Like, you're having, like, the most hetero-presenting gay person possible. And I, I think that's, a like, kind of a dumb criticism because— that's, I think that's
0: sort of part of the— That's part of the point. It's, it's just, like, some
1: of the guys that are in the closet are going to feel, like, pressure to just act like a normal heterosexual guy. So, yeah. like, it's interesting to, like, see it told from that perspective. And I— uh, i I was really worried going to the movie did you did you see the trailer like did you watch the trailer yes or no so I was worried well so i watched I, the the trailer has that scene where he's complimenting the gardener on his boots
0: yeah and i was just like, oh, I thought was hilarious
1: <laughs> i was worried it was gonna just be like a whole movie of like that shit kind of awkwardness over sure over. like it was fine in its one spot but i was like worried the whole movie was gonna be that and like i said earlier like i think he's like a really good actor and i enjoy like him just like having to deal with all the stuff internally and like i like that and i don't know like i not that like i i'm not gonna keep talking about ty sheridan but like and I'm not going to, like, take a strong stance on which actor I like more, but I don't know if I could have seen, like, Ty Sheridan doing that role. That's what I'll say, no. you know? Yeah. And, like, I think he—Nick Nick Robinson, like, has the ability to, like, do that, and, like, he was really good, and I think, like, you have to, like, be able to empathize with that guy, and lesser actors, like, wouldn't have been able to, like, get that across and make you feel for that guy even when he is doing some wrong things, like, you're still cheering for him.
0: Yeah. What did you think of Tony Hale?
1: <laughs> um... it's a little too much uh, so it was a little inappropriate uh i I, I mean uh like the assistant principal talking about like his sex life and dating life to the students uh
0: see that part that part i thought was okay (laughs) because like i feel like we're entering this like obviously we're not in high school but like the high school kids that i know are like you know brothers and sisters of people i know like they're a lot more socially mature i think than we probably were at that age and so i think it's just You know, people that are forty or so, however old Tony Hill's character is supposed to be. I think those people are also a little bit more like socially aware of where those kids are at, and it's just like him trying to connect. Like, I didn't think it was a huge. I didn't think that was a huge. I just think overall he was just a little much.
1: I mean, I laughed a couple times. My my thought was like, I feel like a teacher would get in trouble for like talking to uh, a bunch of students about his Tinder profile. So (laughs) I I was I was thinking more about even I'll admit to laughing at it a couple points, but I was just thinking about like, yeah, a teacher would not be able to like do this and not get in trouble. Was that where? was kind of where uh where my head you. my head went um, i
0: didn't even think about that part of it i was just like
1: <laughs> that, <laughs> that was where my head was um yeah uh what what did you think about the um about the other friends uh your girl Catherine langford you your you love your, Catherine your, <laughs> your, <laughs> she was like she was pretty much the only part I, I liked of 13 reasons why you loved the whole show but like she was i thought she was like very good in this and Um, like the, just like the girl best friend part, like could easily be like a throwaway thing. And it's, it's, it's a better written part than that, but I think she like makes it even like more meaningful than it would be otherwise. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, she's good. Uh, I think Alexandra Shipp was probably even better. She was really, really good in the stuff. She almost got more screen time than Kathleen Linker yeah, did. Yeah, and
1: she's, like, put in some, like, really tough situations in the movie. Yeah. And, and handles it very gracefully. Like, I didn't like any—like I said, I didn't really like that Martin character at all. And she has to do a lot with him and, like, makes it feel pretty natural and handles it all. Like, the character the character herself handles it well. But, like, as an actress, like, she makes those scenes, like, watchable. Yeah. Whereas, sure. like I feel like— it, there's a way in which they are, like, are super uncomfortable and hard to yeah. watch, but I enjoy watching her enough that like I didn't mind those scenes. Hundred uh, percent. As I could um, I
0: don't know what's the other, I don't know the actor's name for the other kid because he's not super. He's famous. like the, he's like
1: the only yeah he's like the only one of those that like we had never seen before. But his his name I guess was uh, Jorge Lendenberg Jr. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, he was good. I thought he was funny. Sort of like a little like oblivious, um, like whatever, just like good friend. Um, no, nah, he was good. Uh, um, looks like he
1: may or may not be uh playing the love interest to Haley's character in the Bumblebee spinoff. Uh, so oh, okay, um, okay, okay. I, I, I'm just assuming that looks like he's like the highest billed young male actor in that movie. So uh, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, so okay. might be seeing more of him soon, yeah. So I mean, like, I don't know, I liked, I liked, like, it's hard. I mean, these aren't little kid actors, so it's not like the as hard to cast is like whatever. But I mean, it still would be like really annoying if one of those kids was like a noticeably bad actor compared to like the rest of them. And that certainly wasn't the case. Um, there's a few other. There's a, like I don't know who who else was there. There's Miles Heiser. Uh, uh,
0: Thirteen Reasons Why fame.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I I would like to recognize him more as Parenthood and Nerve fame because I I thought he was hilarious. Okay. I thought he was hilarious okay. and Nerve or he was hilarious how he kept getting shit on and Nerve. But yeah, so that kid like if there's a high school movie he's in it. He was in the Stanford Prison Experiment movie where like all the young actors were in basically except for Nick Robinson. Um, but like he, he was good though. I, don't know, I I liked him like that character was. Uh, um i guess kind of interesting just because like he was well, i'm trying to remember what he did like uh, i guess he was just, was in the, just he was, he was, was in part there, of the play he's part of the play but then he's like at one point uh he's one of the people that's like suspected of being yeah. blue and yeah. then he um and then but then he like is kind of empathetic towards simon when like the whole rest of this school was treating him as an outcast which was kind of interesting just to like have a different shade to that character who had been rather minor to that point
0: point. and then keenan the dude bram the guy who plays bram the who ends up being blue
1: yeah what, what do you think of like just like so you said like you didn't you liked how they uh kind of just in general handled the uh jumping from one potential candidate to be blue to the other like what did you overall think of like how they did it specifically with that character i
0: thought it was good um it because like it, it all makes sense right it's like i uh, go back to conventional like it makes sense that a dude who's gay that doesn't want people to know he's gay would try to like hook up with girls and try to be like you know he's like super cool and popular and he i'm sure he's scared too of based on his writing of you know sort of people mistreating him and it's clear that you know from the openly gay person they have at their school who gets like people saying gay jokes at them all the time that it's not something he really like wants to be a part of but um i mean at the end he's you know very open and honest and is like explaining his feelings and they had a nice little scene there on the ferris wheel so i don't know i thought he was good i'd never seen him in anything else so
1: yeah no i uh i definitely uh enjoyed him too um trying to see if there's anything else that i actually wrote a lot about this in my gutter box review so i'm just making sure there's not any like big points that i'm forgetting but i mean it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page on this one and we'd recommend it and um yeah yeah it's a good movie even though we did just kind of spoil it for so hopefully anyone that's still listening uh, yeah, too late. <laughs> or, 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 or hopefully anyone that's still listening already saw it but uh, uh yeah. if you Whatever. If you still are trying to make up your mind, it's definitely like a worthwhile time at the movies, and uh, we have our uh, selfish reasons for ne- needing Mc- Nick Robinson to be a big box office draw. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, should should uh, go support him. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's uh, I, the one thing I will say is that like it's like it's good that a movie like this exists. If you want to like have mainstream audiences like just appreciate a movie that has it's about gay characters, but I think like the next step is having like more movies where like. having movies where like a lead is gay but it's not like the focus of the story i think would be like an interesting thing to start seeing that a little more in movies i think i mentioned it at least once before on the podcast but the movie other people that had uh about jesse plemons that was uh about biographical movie written by chris kelly who's a head writer of saturday night live i think you'd enjoy it but it's like the character chris kelly's gay and the jesse plemons character in the movie is gay but it's about a guy like going home from new york to like take care of his mom who's like like dying of cancer basically it addresses some of the struggles of like being a gay guy if you go for gay guy going from like new york to sacramento like that's obviously going to be like a big culture shock where like he really wasn't out when he was growing up in sacramento goes to new york and has to go back so it's like it talks a little bit about the dating scene there his dad didn't like the fact that he was gay but like and while that's based on it so it's based on a true story where the guy adapting it is gay but like it was kind of interesting just like how that wasn't the main main focus of the film and like i thought that was one of the more interesting things about that movie for me so i think it would be cool if that just kind of led to movies where it was like someone's gay but like it's not like the primary plot point and i think that'd be kind of interesting to see that become like a more common thing in films and maybe like having a movie like this be a financial success would make that possible
0: yeah, and I think it has been a success so far. So,
1: um, Yeah, what, what, what was – did you see like – did you like go in the middle of the day when there was no one there or did you like go in the crowd? I
0: went in the middle of the day and there was a ton of people there.
1: That's interesting. Like on a weekday yeah. or a weekend?
0: Um, What day did I go? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I have to check my tweet, but there was a lot of girls in there, a lot of moms. Um, But like the, the theater was almost packed besides like the front row.
1: That's so, cool. yeah. So I went on like a I went on a no actually I, w- I think I went on a, like a Sunday at like four thirty and it was yeah. um, it was like probably three fourths full and like the crowd was like really into it. Uh, it Looks like to make thirty five million dollars on a seventeen million dollar budget. So pretty solid for like a movie that's not like just like a superhero movie or whatever or a big blockbuster action movie and like my, my my crowd was like super into it you know like they they like they they cheered it like they i guess the two parts where they cheered were the kiss at the end and like when like the first time he says i'm gay i think maybe uh mm-hmm. or something like that so it's like good that audiences are into it and like i said like hopefully it'll just lead to more diversity in movies as opposed to like these movies with gay themes that are like on the outskirts in like indie films like but that we like those are good but like it'd be cool if like we just get more diversity of storytelling and whatever in like the main main type of movies so
0: sure um alright so we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna talk about Tomb Raider alright we're back uh we just talked about Love, Simon and now we're gonna do a short little uh discussion on the new Tomb Raider movie starring starring Alicia Vikander Josh what you think Tomb Raider what's your expectations it's got a 49 on Rotten Tomatoes
1: yeah, um, I don't, and I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not. I'll say that I don't think that's probably that far off from where it should be. But like, I didn't dislike the movie that much. It was just like I don't think it's, I don't think it's great. I, I didn't have a deep relationship with like, are are they based on comics or like graphic novels or? or
0: I mean, there's video game
1: series, everything. Whatever. Really. Yeah, I mean, I never saw the Angelina Jolie ones. Uh, oh, so really? Okay. Yeah, so I didn't really have much expectation at all. I was like hopefully it'll just be like fun action and i don't know maybe it'll like have a cool story and stuff and it had fun action and it had a eh, kind of story i guess is what i would say i don't know like i had, i had fun though like i mean i i guess when i saw the reviews i was just worried it would be like totally stupid and unwatchable and stuff but like i i think i just like really like watching um alicia vikander do stuff and the a lot of the set pieces were pretty cool and like nothing was offensively bad enough for me to like dislike my time there is what I would say. Yeah. Um, okay. What, what about you? What was your? What, did you have like a relationship with any of the source material and? Yeah. What,
0: what yeah. Um, I played like all the Tomb Raider games.
1: Okay. See, I never, uh, I never even knew that. Like. Much yeah. About that at all.
0: Yeah, that's when it started. Was uh, maybe like early 2000s Tomb Raider games came out, um, and then Angelina Jolie started starring in all the movies, and I, I liked those movies. I think she was like really good as Tomb Raider. Uh, as Lara Croft Um, but yeah this I actually really like this movie Um, I thought like a lot of people that saw it were like oh it's stupid it's whatever whatever but like I don't know what they were expecting like I'm just expecting like kind of like a silly action not silly but like just like an action movie that isn't like super serious and I think that I got that personally and I thought that she was really good in it actually and I sort of so the way I ended up like watching the movie was similar to how jumanji was with like jumanji was like super open about like being connected to a video game with like pause scenes and like you know talking to uh npcs that sort of like repeat information and stuff because they're like not actually there like this movie to me i was able to like visualize like at what point they were sort of like in, like, a video game, like, checkpoint kind of thing, or, like, you need uh, to do this to, like... see. So you're, watching, you're like,
1: watching it, like, a totally different...
0: That's how part, I... But that's just, like... ...view to me, yeah. That's just, like, how it was presented to me that I interpreted it. And so at that point, I was just, like, okay, and I'm, I was, like, following along, and I thought that it was just a pretty good little story, and I like Dominic West, and I thought the action was pretty good. Uh, Walter Goggins was... He was actually a pretty decent villain.
1: Uh, uh, that was, like kind of where it lost me. I was just, I
0: mean, like, but, like, the thing with him is, like, he wasn't, like, super evil. He was literally, like, I need to do this to get back to my kids. So, like, he's sort of, like, doing whatever he needs to do to to get back to his kids. Um,
1: I guess – so it was literally, like, the – I guess that would – I guess that does make sense. Like, I, I maybe he didn't know what the job was when he took it in the first place, and then yeah. – I didn't necessarily take it as him being imprisoned in the same way, but I guess if, like, the boss is saying you literally are not allowed to leave – yeah. But then i guess it makes sense i didn't and he's been
0: there for years i guess years I, didn't, years I guess
1: years. i didn't think of it in terms of him like literally being a prisoner of the boss whoever he was working for i didn't yeah. i didn't well, t-
0: i mean we know who he's working for but
1: so you knew like the whole time
0: yeah, oh, yeah. I, okay. I, I it felt like
1: i i, I mean I, I, but regardless I, we we were told at the end who, yeah yeah but like I, yeah i have thoughts about that too but like i i just <laughs> i guess i didn't get the vibe that he was like as trapped against his own will as i probably should have when i think about it that way maybe it's not as bad i was just like why are you doing this like just because someone tells you to that was like my thoughts as i was watching is like man like you seems like you're like going to some pretty great lengths for like not like really a lot of i don't know It, it just seemed like his motivations like weren't as clear to me like i don't know maybe i if i had heard him talk even more about his daughter it would have mattered but i was just like you're just like doing like awful shit for like yeah. just because someone tells you to on the phone, like that was like kind of what I was thinking as I was watching it. Um, I get what you're saying now, and maybe I would have appreciated him a little more if I had thought about it in that way, but I just didn't. You know, I think
0: he's um, like the best villain ever, but he was like he's fine I what, what he i did was...
1: like what i did like though like that was annoying but like it still had a good, cool payoff for me because like i was i spent the whole movie thinking yeah. like, man this is a stupid like what this yeah mythical this mythical thing this thing that they believe in this evil spirit all that i was like this is so dumb this is so dumb so i liked the twist of like what it actually ended up being instead yeah um and like, Which, i, th- I it thought was like was really cool. creative yeah yeah for, I, I like for that. this kind of movie yeah so uh, I thought that was cool, and so I, I was like kind of annoyed at Dominic West for like a lot of it. I was like, "You're so stupid! Like this is dumb," and that there actually ended up being doing something to it. But it was kind of a twist, that, like I appreciated. Um, but I think like the biggest thing for me though was like even regardless of how much all that stuff worked, like I still thought it would have been a worthwhile experience because the the action was cool and like Oleshivikander who. Hasn't really done any action stuff. We've seen her in a lot of things, um, <laughs> yeah, like being
0: very passive.
1: Well, she and the thing is, like, I, I, you didn't see Jason Bourne. She was in that, but like, she was literally she just, played like, a
0: suit, didn't she? she?
1: She played a suit that literally just talked on a Bluetooth in a room the whole time. So it's like yeah. she she had been in an action movie where she literally did no action. So I yeah. was like, we have no, I have no idea how she's going to do this. And even even though it wasn't really an action scene, I thought that bike scene was actually pretty well done. Uh, biking through London in the beginning. And mm-hmm. so no, that,
0: yeah, that was I was awesome. I thought it was a
1: dope scene. So that was cool. The I mean, it was a little ridiculous how she kept like like literally just like hanging on to stuff the whole like every single set piece and like having to pull herself up like like a ton of different times. But like it was still like fun to. It was like still fun to watch. And I, I think really,
0: I, I, for that, I think they're just trying to make it like a little bit more realistic. Uh,
1: it, was just, it was just like it, – it, it was just funny that it was just like literally her like hanging off by like two fingers onto something like happened like f- in like four different parts of the movie. But like yeah. it was still fun to watch. Like the whole thing with the plane was like still cool to look at as ridiculous as it was. So I don't know. I yeah. just had a lot of fun with that stuff. Um, who's, the, uh, who's the guy – who's the, the guy that uh, – the Chinese guys – or the Japanese guys. Yeah, Lou American. Ren. Daniel Wu. Daniel Wu. Yeah, like I liked him. He was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I I wish he had had even more to do. Um, but he was like, I kind of liked their interactions and stuff.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I I thought he was good. Um, and it, it, it's like a story about like fatherhood too. Right. Uh, you know, he lost his, his dad, she lost her dad. Um, and they're sort of connected by that, which I thought was, you know, pretty cool.
1: Yeah. What, Um, what links will you go to, to, um, to like, exercise those demons or for lack yeah, of a term, like they'll do, sure. do a lot of stuff even.
0: And, and I, I, for me, I sort of like get the Dominic West of of like this dude is super rich and like everyone thinks he should be fulfilled. But like his wife died and he's grieving and the way he's grieving is like going on these ridiculous adventures and trying to like find these hidden secrets of of the history of the world and stuff. And I can totally understand somebody like grieving like that and just super getting lost in that and being super alone despite like having all this like wealth or whatever you want to call it. These physical things.
1: It's funny. It's actually the second time he's played her dad. Uh, he was her dad, and a testament of youth, which I saw a couple summer a few, few years ago when I was uh, in Virginia for that summer. Um, mm-hmm. This is a better. Uh, a, is that I, the one with John I'd Snow? Say, yes, uh, <laughs> I'd say this is a better. Uh, it had Taron Egerton too, but I'd say <laughs> this is a that was it was a, it was a very flawed movie. I'd say this is a yeah. <laughs> a better showcase for a father daughter relationship than that one was because that. I don't know. That movie like, it could have been really good and it wasn't. But it's kind of funny that he's played her dad twice. Yeah. Um, But yeah. uh, I just
0: like, like, what are the, like, what are the negatives to the, like, to the movie? Like, the story is coherent. The acting is, is fine. Like, Alicia's good. Everyone else is, is passable. Um, The action is pretty good. And I don't know. Like, it's, I I guess it's two hours. Like, I don't know. I don't know. The Walton
1: Goggins thing really did bother me in the moment. Maybe if I go back and watch it again, uh, having you having contextualized it for me the way you did maybe i'd I'd feel a bit different but yeah
0: i I mean at the same time like it's a reboot right so it's sort of like an origin story at the same time so it's gonna have some problems with that but like now it's gonna be like her fighting against the evil evil empire of of uh her her mother-in-law whatever whoever that you want to consider that person to be um
1: yeah that was dumb because like i was watching it knowing like i mean I knowing that the movie like hadn't totally killed it at the box office, and I I personally didn't think it was great as I was watching. It, it's like wow, they're like really blatantly trying to set up a sequel that is may good chance it's not going to happen. I don't
0: know. I, I don't even know if it's about a sequel. It's just sort of like a string of, of, of you know what I mean. Like it's just different stories relating to Tomb Raider.
1: Oh, okay, I, I, I kind of thought like oh, it's actually made some money. It says it's made two hundred forty seven million with the one hundred million dollar budget, but it doesn't I mean like it's
0: it's a tomb raider is like a is a big franchise honestly i know you haven't it's i i figured you would have seen the Angelina movies but
1: yeah i I don't know for whatever reason it was just never a priority for me i guess they came out like when we were in middle school but uh i don't know i mean they they made two of those i think so i mean they could definitely make another one of these maybe if it ultimately makes enough money but i just wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen because the movie hasn't done great um but i don't know i feel
0: like 247 million is pretty good
1: the, the where did I, did I actually look at this in the box office? It said, uh, um, uh, "No, sometimes these things like actually have more information if you like." Oh yeah, it said okay. So it said uh, it has grossed fifty point seven million dollars in the United States as of April first, and one hundred ninety six million worldwide for a total two hundred forty seven million dollars. Uh, in order to break even, the film needs to gross at least two hundred seventy five million worldwide. So and it probably will, I guess. Uh, it's a, so I mean. I don't know. There's like, but like, you're about to have like, um, the Avengers come out in a few weeks and that'll, like, it won't make any money after that. Um, so we'll sure. see. We'll, we'll see. But like, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to watching a sequel. Like, I was just kind of like, yeah, this is a weird way to spend the last five minutes of the movie if a sequel doesn't happen. But, uh, yeah. um, yeah. Well, I don't it's know. Sort of
0: her, like, finding her passion and finding something she actually cares about because she's been going through life with, like, I don't care. I don't know what I'm, I'm like good at things, but they're not useful. And I just want to, something that makes me happy and she hasn't been able to find that and then she finally does and she gets this like story with her dad or she finally gets to like I'm grieve sure. and get over it. yeah so i don't know like
1: yeah I, it was, I just it wasn't bad and like the goggins was just like kind of annoying and i like walter walton goggins a lot actually so that was like it was like disappointing in the moment but uh who knows like i gave it like i think i gave it, like two and a half out of five stars initially but maybe it'd be like Three and a half. I like went back and like actually really liked Walton Goggins. If I tried to give it another shot and like I didn't dislike it in a way that would like make me not want to ever look at it again. So yeah, I can say.
0: If you do, you probably won't watch it again. But if you do, just sort of like think about it like in a Jumanji kind of way of like the the, in this sort of like video game like checkpoint like things just like these things need to happen to like move on kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. I appreciated that kind of aspect of it.
1: But, yeah, like, I don't know. Beat this, beat this. Uh,
0: like I like the I like the riddles and and stuff like that that they had in this movie too. So I don't know. Yeah,
1: no, that that, that scene with the um the the prayer
0: things, prayer wheel things. They're talking about.
1: Well, the with is that uh, the disappointing floor scene or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. I, I forgot, forgot that was called
0: tunes or something. The, I
1: yeah. like I like that. She put together she put it together very fast, like the. At the end, uh, when they're in the two, when they're when they're after they've opened the coffin and stuff, like she put the, that together like very fast. All of a sudden, but I mean, like I said, I, I so I was like, oh well, that was very convenient. But like I liked the twist enough, so I didn't really care that like it happened all so fast. Well, that's um, what to me. I
0: was like, oh, like what would you do in a video game? Right? You're like you need to solve this puzzle really quickly. So like I was like,
1: fine oh, with it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like I said, if I mean, if I was uh, a little more into like video games and connected more with walton goggins like i could easily see liking it as much as you and i'm not like and i, I don't begrudge you at all for like coming away from it as positively as you did it was just like
0: i, I had very low expectations
1: so that because a that, lot of so that probably helps.
0: Really sucks
1: yeah but i mean well,
0: i i just don't i just didn't really think it, it was bad in like any parts Like it wasn't the greatest thing but yeah. it was it was a good remake um and it's like people are just comparing her in the movie to to angelina jolie and it's like it's were they were the angelina not,
1: jolie movies like super well received
0: i think so oh, okay yeah okay. yeah i mean i i really don't know i actually i mean i've never like looked at them on on rotten or anything but from what i knew oh,
1: no. they were, uh laura croft you know? tomb raider is 20 percent on rotten tomatoes
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Free laughs> hey, 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 hey.
1: so uh, th- this one beat that <laughs> um yeah and the uh, the sequel is uh, I mean just I I'd never looked at this before now so I'm just gonna get, uh, sequel is
0: 24 so we did like 66 million at the box office in 2003. Credo of Life did
1: uh, well. That's what it or, 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 uh, domestic and 156 internationally. Whereas the yeah. um, the first one they made a second one after the first one made literally 274 million dollars. Which this who knows this one like we just said might be on track for that. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. I like. And this one had, like, just, like, the same budget. So, I mean, who knows? If they do a sequel, like, I'll totally go see it. I, I like Alicia Vikander a lot. Um, and I'll, like, happy, I'll happily, like, watch her do most things. So, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Um, so, yeah, that about wraps it up on our Double Feature podcast. Uh, if you guys want to connect with us, you can connect with us on social media. Josh, what's your Twitter handle?
1: It's at Josh Renervoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-I, and the podcast Twitter is at 52and52pod.
0: Uh, my Twitter handle is at aclambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E. Podcast email is 52and52pod at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. Let us know what you guys thought about the movies we talked about, and we'll see you guys next time.